What's up guys, Jeff Cavalier, AthleanX.com. Today we're talking about weak abs, and it's something you do not want, because if you have weak abs, they're going to wreak havoc on almost every element of your training. So today I wanna to help you to identify five things, we call them red flags, five things that will help you to find out right away where you've got a weakness, and more importantly, what you could do to fix it. We're gonna knock them off one by one, let's get going. The first red flag that you're dealing with some weak abs is that when you do your ab exercises, your hip flexors fatigue before your abs do. Let me show you an example here, guys. On a hanging leg raise, if I go and I lift my legs up and I find that after however many repetitions, my legs are feeling heavy and I can't lift my legs anymore, but my abs feel pretty fresh, that's because I'm letting the hip flexors drive the movement. That's wrong. Same thing here if I was on the ground doing a scissor. Yes, this is an isometric hip flexor exercise where I keep my legs off the ground the entire time, but if that is what is failing, if that is what's fatiguing, once again, I've let them drive the movement as opposed to the abdominals. What you need to do is flip that around. You have to engage the abdominals. Up here on the hanging leg raise, you curl the pelvis. You curl the pelvis. If the pelvis is curling and flexing, we know the abdominals are doing their job because that's what they do. They flex the pelvis. We know that the hip flexors, on the other hand, they actually can pull you into an anterior tilt, extending here through the midsection. So you want to make sure that you're getting flexion on the ground. Same thing. If I'm going to do a scissor, I get my back off the ground to get us into flexion that now activates the abdominals first and then allows the hip flexors to go along for the ride. Guys, it's a very important point. Do not allow on any ab exercise you just start feeling fatigue here first. If you do, it's a major red flag. Okay, so we mentioned the overactivity of the hip flexors, but that can actually lead directly to this next red flag, and that is the presence of low back pain whenever you do your ab exercises. That is something you do not want to tolerate, and it's something you definitely want to fix. So we can actually look at that and why that's happening here with a traditional sit-up. Now, this is not necessarily my favorite exercise, guys, but it is something that is functional, and you're going to see it actually relates to one of the red flags later on. However, in a traditional sit-up, what are you looking for? When you come up off the ground, do you see the following? Do you first of all need somebody to anchor your feet down? Are you sticking your feet under something, I know who you are, under something in order to be able to perform the exercise? Because if you are, you shouldn't need to. Secondly, if when you come up, your shoulders trail, you get a significant arch in your low back, you have weak abs. That's something you cannot allow. The third thing is, if on the way down, you slam down to the, to the ground uncontrollably, that is once again due to weak abs, and those are all related to the one thing I mentioned here in the beginning, and that is a dominance of the hip flexors, the hip flexors taking over. So here's what we want to do. We want to make sure that we don't allow that to happen. The first thing you can do is actually change the way you hook your feet. Instead of allowing them to be pressed down and you hooking them under something, you want to put them over something and drag back. That actually does the complete opposite anatomically. You're actually activating the hamstrings by pulling your heels into that, which is going to help to shut down the hip flexors or at least decrease their activity so that now I'm not getting that pull on the low back. I'm able to come up and perform these exercises. The second thing you want to do is you want to be able to put yourself back down on the ground one segment at a time, to literally paint your spine down one segment at a time. And when you come off the ground, you paint yourself off of the ground one segment at a time. That's going to guarantee that you're activating the abs first before the hip flexors. Why? We'll take a look at one more thing. If we don't, if we activate the hip flexors first, right, and I get my line of pull from here, I pull, it actually pulls Jesse into extension, puts a lot of unnecessary force on the lumbar spine, creating the pain that you're likely feeling. However, if we can get the abs to activate first, 
If I were to now simulate the line of pull of the abs, I'm pulling one segment at a time off. I'm getting the abs to contribute. On the way back down, look at the control I have over his torso as he goes down. I'm actually the brakes applying this, this slowdown and this controlled descent back down to the ground. You gotta have that. You gotta have your abs driving first. You can't let your hip flexors dominate. The next red flag is actually going to reveal itself to you when you perform any of your three big lifts, the squat, the bench press, or the deadlift. Now look, we know that the role of the abdominals during those movements is to stabilize and brace your core throughout them to add efficiency to the movements, to clean up the bar path. What we're not looking here though is for dramatic increases in strength. And this is actually supposed to be somewhat of a background activity and it's more neurologically driven, more mind-muscle connection than let's say overall ab strength. However, there's something you can do. What I want you to do is test yourself on each of the exercises that I just named. The next time you perform them, try to actively really brace as hard as you possibly can. If you notice just simply a better bar path, more efficiency, all the things I already mentioned, then good. Then I know that your ab strength and your mind-muscle connection, most, most importantly, is where it needs to be. However, if you feel like you can start adding 60 or 70 pounds to the bar just because you actively braced, then what that tells me is actually bad news. It tells me that you are not doing that right now. It tells me that unless you heavily focus on doing that in the exercise itself, you're not getting that. And that is a significant weakness, albeit a mind-muscle weakness, it's still a weakness that's going to rear its ugly head every time you perform these exercises, especially as you start to add more weight to the bar. Red flag number four actually can be revealed just by looking in the mirror. As a matter of fact, turning sideways and looking in the mirror. Because if you see this, distended lower belly here, then you are likely suffering from a weakness that you need to address. This is a major red flag. This here is not what I want. I want you to be here. Not here, but here. You're probably saying, what's the main difference there? All you did was contract? Yes, you're right, but what I did was I contracted the transverse abdominus. And I have the ability to contract the transverse abdominus because I have the strength to contract the transverse abdominus. That muscle is just like this weight belt here, guys. What its role is, it runs like this, just like a weight belt would in terms of its orientation of the fibers. It does the same thing that a weight belt does. As it contracts, it cinches down. Here, contracts, it cinches down. It creates that smallness of the waist. It creates that tightness inherently by performing like a weight belt would. Now you wanna make sure you have the ability to do that. And you need to make sure you can do it by practicing it and by ingraining it and integrating it into every ab exercise you do. So if you see me doing the scissor here, guys, you don't wanna allow yourself to distend while you're doing the exercise. That's being too passive. That's being lazy. Instead, what you wanna do is you wanna draw down cinch down on your belly, your lower belly, to create this flatness by contracting the transverse abdominus. Again, think about it like a weight belt and performing your scissors on every single rep. And the same thing here during a V-up. You don't allow yourself to distend as you come up. You pull down first, contract, and then you come up. This might dramatically lessen the number of reps you do, but you're increasing the number of quality reps you do. And over time, the more strength you get in the transverse abdominus, the less you'll see this distension here anytime you take your shirt off. Okay, last but not least is actually a little bit of a four-part red flag here. But this is going to be fun because you're going to get a chance to do these things. And actually, they sort of step up in difficulty. So I want to see if you can keep and stay with me for all four of these. The first one actually is pretty easy, and Jesse's going to demonstrate. All I want him to do is be able to get off the floor, and I want you to be able to do the same thing. How do you guys think he did? He's pretty happy with himself, but as you can see, eh, I'm not because Jesse used his hands. 
You see, I want you to be able to get off the floor without ever using your hands. And that goes for your elbows and your forearms as well. You should be able to get your center of mass up and over your knees into a standing position without ever having to rely on your hands. And if you can't, it does reveal the fact that your abs are weak. Now, you can have strong abs and do this test. You will still feel your abs working to get you there. That is exactly what's supposed to happen. However, if you can't get up, Without the use of your hands, that's a major red flag and you probably can't go on with these other tests. However, if you did make it, let's keep going to the next level now. Okay, next we want to try to test each of the planes individually. And the first one up is the frontal plane. Can you prevent motion side to side? And the easiest way to test that is with a suitcase carry. And all you have to do is pick up one dumbbell that's about half of your body weight and try to carry it for one lap around the gym or 30 seconds without allowing your shoulders to drop noticeably on the weighted side. In other words, can you walk, dynamically move here without allowing your spine to bend towards the side that's weighted? Because in order to do that, you have to have good ab stability and strength on the opposite side to do that. If you don't, guys, it is a major red flag because we need to be able to prevent motion, not just in this plane, but all three. We have additional tests now coming up. If this is a problem for you, though, it is a red flag and it's something you're going to want to work on. If you're good here, we got two more planes to go. Now we move on to our next exercise here, or test, and it's the cliffhanger plank. And what we're trying to find out here is what is your anti-extension stability? What is your ability to contract here through the abs and prevent an overextension of the midsection because that is dangerous. That actually places a high amount of stress on your lumbar spine. It's not something you want. And it's not just about being able to stabilize in a plank with your hands out here in front of your body. You want to be able to stabilize for as long as your body can get. And especially as we apply this to athletes and wide receivers, if somebody is weak or vulnerable in this position here, especially as they're going up for a catch, like let's say Antonio Brown, you're in trouble. So we want to make sure that you can do this and hold this position here for at least 30 seconds with your arms up over your head and your abs firmly stabilized. If you cannot, guys, if you find that you're sagging or you're putting a lot of pressure in your low back, you're not strong enough, you're going to need to address this before you can move on. If you're good, you got one more to go, rotational stability. And last, we want to make sure that you can prevent unwanted rotation. We could do that here with a cable setup. All you have to do is put about half of your body weight on the cable. Step away with your hands close to your chest. Now, extend your arms out away from your body all the way as straight as you can make them. You're increasing the moment arm, you're increasing the weight, you're increasing the demand of the core, and you're trying at all costs to prevent rotating even an inch back towards the machine itself. You want to make sure you can hold this position for 10 seconds each time and try to repeat it for a total of two to three times in each direction to make sure that you have the ability to prevent excessive rotation. If you don't, once again, it is a red flag. So there you have it, guys. There are five red flags to help you to determine if you have some ab weaknesses that you're going to want to address. Because I promise you guys, it's not worth trying to overlook them or shove them under the rug and think that one day you'll get to them. It's more important that you see them, you face them head on, and you do something about it right now. The fact is, guys, you might even have visible abs. That is not an indicator of whether or not you don't have any of these weaknesses. Because it's not about what your abs look like from the outside in, it's how they inherently function and what their strength is from the inside out that matters the most. If you're looking for programs that help you to do this and build it into everything we do, because we know how important it is, all of our programs are available over at athletenext.com. In the meantime, if you found the video helpful, leave your comments and thumbs up below. Let me know what else you want me to cover, and I'll do my best to do that for you. In the days and weeks ahead. And also, if you haven't already subscribed, guys, please do so and turn on your notifications. You actually now have a chance to win some free programs from Athlean X if you do. Check the link below to find out how. All right, guys, I'll see you again soon.